This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. I'm a man. And welcome along to The Score here on Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM with me, Michael Clark. This week's programme, it's all about firsts. From a first Big 2 derby for Linfield's Chris Shields, making his first appearance on the programme, to a first win for Ballymena United and Dungannon Swifts in the last week. From the Sky Blues, we'll hear from Chris Rogers. He was on the score sheet on Tuesday. And from Dungannon, their boss Dean Shields will give us his take after two high-scoring games in recent days. It's all coming up right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. It's good to be back with you again. Yes, hello. Welcome to the programme. We have a lot coming up in the next hour. We'll hear both sides of the story from that high-scoring game on Tuesday night between Balamina and Dungannon Swifts. 4-3. It ended up going in favour of the Braid men. And contrasting fortunes, I guess, coming into it, because Balamina, before that, they had been very comfortably beaten by Coleraine at the showgrounds, whereas Dungannon Swifts were coming in, having picked up their first win of the campaign at Shamrock Park, scoring four goals in the process. So, flipped uh, results, if you like, but uh, interesting to get the perspective of uh, people from both camps and uh, coming up a little bit later on in the programme, we'll be running through the games happening this weekend in the Danske Bank Premiership and giving our thoughts on those. I also want to say that Thursday was International Podcast Day, and um, this is the first day afterwards. So uh, like you would do with any special occasion, I just want to say uh, Happy International Podcast Day to you. <laughs> Obviously, if you're listening to this in the radio, you're going, what? What's he on about now? But if you are listening to this on the podcast, I just want to say thank you because we, you know, didn't used to put it out as a podcast. We have done now for the last few years because of demand, because of so many people listening to it. And I'm glad that for many people, it's where they get their information from, where they find out about players. Maybe some of the conversations that happen on a match day when you're back in the grounds, thank goodness, and you're able to meet up with your mates and, and have these chats and say, I heard him say this or I heard him say that or I don't know if I agree with that. Whatever the conversation may be, we're happy to be a part of it. We're happy to sometimes uh, spur it on a little bit as well. And uh, one thing that definitely deserves a mention, because I was so very impressed on Wednesday. I was there with Ashley Hutton doing the game, which involved Glentoran women and Cliftonville ladies in the penultimate round of fixtures in the Women's Danske Bank Premiership. And they were going into the game tied on points. Glentoran eventually winning 3-2. I say eventually because they were two up at half time. Looked like they were going to coast. Cliftonville came out like a team possessed in the second half. Got a bit of fortune with the first goal, as sometimes can be the case. Nothing fortuitous about the second goal. Very good header from their captain, Megan Moran. And then just a really dramatic finish where Glen Torren got the bounce of the ball. It broke in the box and Beattie, as uh, she's done 20-plus goals in the league this season for Kerry Beattie, the teenager, uh, stuck it in the top corner from close range to win a ninth league title for Glentoran women. And um, in a game where Kelly Bailey scored, um, went off injured, unfortunately. Hopefully Kelly will make speedy recovery, but what an inspirational player she is. And uh, it was just a, a really, really high quality game. And hopefully people watching that um, enjoyed it. And, you know, last week we had members of uh, both camps on the programme Glen Torren and Cliftonville to hear their sides going into it. Um, one of whom, Lauren Wade, shot was parried for the goal that ended up clinching the title. And Louise McDaniel, who was on the losing end, was the person that scored to bring Cliftonville back into the match. So, you know, we'd been talking about it. And, um, you know, when we shine a light on women's football, um, you know, it isn't just because Northern Ireland's women are doing well. So it's nice to be able to, a week later, say, 
I told you it'd be a good game, and it really was a good game. And uh, some of the statistics that um, I was told from Niffa that the online content they've produced for the women's league alone in the last year has reached an audience of four million people online, and the video content that they create, you know, whether that be the highlights of the little interviews or whatever, have had over eight hundred thousand plays. It's a great achievement. Those are record numbers. And the women's game is growing in Northern Ireland. So Dean Shields with his uh, affiliation, of course, being part of the Northern Ireland women's coaching panel under his father, who's the, the, the senior women's manager. We'll get a little uh, question or two in there to Dean about that as well. So uh, that certainly won't have gone under the radar. Many of those players that were involved last night are international footballers after all. So we shouldn't be surprised that the calibre was so high. But to this weekend... Big games, big game tonight, Friday, as uh, you're listening uh, on the radio today or whenever you're listening to your podcast, you might even know the outcome of this game. But Linfield against Cliftonville, you bet that is one of the questions we'll be asking Chris Shields, who is our very first guest here on the programme today. The Score with Michael Clark. It's his first time on the programme as well. He seems to have settled into life as a Linfield player swimmingly. Chris, good to have you on the programme. Thanks for having me. Uh, if you do well here, you'll make uh, more appearances. Um, this is the, the thing about being a player in a big club, but uh, coming from Dundalk, you know all about that anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's been kind of a, a handy enough changeover. Two huge clubs in their respected leagues, so it kind of made it that bit easier rather than know a harder transition of going into a club expecting differences where the expectations are the exact same as they were in the dock as they are now in Linfield. If Linfield supporters had never seen you play before I feel like the send-off Dundalk gave you must have got them excited because I thought I was watching like a Champions League night in Turkey it kind of you know that sort of fervor and the flares and the fans going nuts around you that was um it's like something out of a movie did you in your wildest dreams expect such a send-off? Um, no, it was a it was a fantastic thing that will live long in the memory. You know, given the restrictions in uh, in the Republic of Ireland at the time, there's only allowed 500 fans in, or I'm sorry, 200 fans in. So, in my idea, in my idea, I would have thought, and you know, we laughed and clapped with very few that were there. But then they got the word that there had been a, a kind of gathering outside, and stayed like the come out and say farewell and, and that's how they did it and it was it was it was very touching and kind of showed how well how well thought of I was within the club and within the, the community itself it was, it was near on the perfect send-off and something I never ever expected. Was it hard leaving Dundalk? Uh, you know Linfield are a huge club and, and, and you knew that so their interest is I'm sure flattering but you had such a successful time with the Lily Whites was it hard to say goodbye? Um, yeah, it was hard. It wasn't. It wasn't. I suppose where where I'm living, where I'm situated in Bangor. You know, when a club like Linfield shows their interest, it's it's very hard to to turn down, given the magnitude of the size and everything that comes with Linfield Football Club. And given me years living up here, I'd be a real admirer of how the club is run, everything about it. You know, it's it's, it's real the pinnacle of Irish League football. I knew that even when I was living in the south. But like anything you spend a lot of time in doing, like anyone that stays in a in a job for a certain amount of years, I was near on ten years in the dock and had you know, brilliant memories of gathered friends, my family had gathered friends from just going to games and my mother had travelled to, to to away European games, so would be wife travelled to away European games with people they just meet through the club and it was that, and it it embedded itself within all our lives. So in that sense, it was hard leaving. But it's a, it's been a, a move that I really haven't since I have moved. I really really have enjoyed my time at Linfield so far. So it's it's kind of ended in the perfect way. And when you know they're in for you, I mean, is that first meeting with David Healy well what is that first meeting with David Healy like because you know every Northern Ireland fan and I'm not calling you a Northern Ireland fan don't uh, don't die of fear there but when you know every Northern Ireland fan thinks of David Healy think record goal score many people look at him as you know an ex-Manchester United player but um, he's also a very successful manager what was your first meeting with him like? I had had that's the thing I had had brief meetings but being both from Bangor you know I, I bumped into David here and there and 
just being football now, and I chatted to him. I remember I was chatting to himself and Ross at the 2019 FAI Cup final when I was suspended. I was upstairs and I sat and had a chat with them and all, you know, and had a good relationship just from chatting bits and pieces with David. So it actually made it that bit easier when I sat down with with David to discuss moving to Linfield. It made it that bit easier that there was no real edginess around. It was just like, it was a handy enough conversation to be had and, you know, that's that was one of the factors that swung with Linfield because, you know, when you have a good rapport with the manager, it hopefully shows on the pitch. And it's an area within the club, you know, people are going, gosh, there's so many people competing for places in that midfield. There's not too many weak links in there. I'm sure you've been impressed by your teammates. Oh, I have, 100%. It's, it's, it's such a talented midfield to uh, take myself out of the equation. But you look at the, you know, of course, Jamie Mulgrew, you know, he's... he's if anyone wants to have a, an Irish league um, career like Jamie, they'd be doing very well. Obviously, I knew Jamie; he's also a banger man. But then Stevie Fallon, he's probably the most one of the most underrated players I've ever played with. I, I playing with him, training with him every day now. I can't believe he's not—he's never mentioned more in, in such things on social media or whatever. He's just missed consistent, the brilliance. And then you have young Cameron Palmer. Under 21 international, Jordan Stewart who plays in the 10, and then Kyle McLean's coming back from injury, and he's starting. You know, I'm starting to see more of him in training, but just goes to show the quality we have within that one one part of the field, which is which is so key for most teams. See, that's really interesting to me because any Linfield player I speak to right away says Fallon, and they do. They, you know, really underrate it. For uh, for any supporters that have overlooked him for whatever reason, what is it about Stephen Fallon? I'll, I'll give him a big head here if he's listening. <laughs> I he's, he's the type of character I don't even think he could. You know, he just comes in every day. He's consistently good. He doesn't really have a bad day. He's training. In the match, playing with him, you appreciate the work he does off the ball. And then with the ball, he's, he's extremely talented. He just he is one of them Mr. Consistency he keeps his head down he's not really in the limelight but he, he would deserve to be because he was I remember he actually I was impressed with him the night we played in the United Union's Cup in 2019 and I thought he was very good and I was thinking to myself I, I, I don't know this fella and I would be a, a kind of a fan of the Irish League but just playing with him really is a joy and you know he's a great teammate as well how much knowledge is there of the Irish League with League of Ireland fans? And is there still that sort of perception? Because I, I don't know how many Irish League fans, to be honest, would be great with their League of Ireland knowledge. So I know it, it, it goes both ways there. With uh, playing in Dog being a border town, and there was the likes of myself, Patrick McElhenney, Mickey Duffy being from Derry, and there was a, there was a keen Irish League interest within our group alone so I can't really speak for the rest of the league but within the change room in the dock there was a massive interest like Cameron Dummigan as well he's Lurgan so we would always have a keen eye on what's going on and we would have between the, between the group of us would have played with somebody who plays in different teams as well so as well with the, the BBC and Sky coverage last year I'd say I watched more of the Irish League than I, would, than I did of the Premiership it was, it was on that often and it was that enjoyable because you're relating to the players that are on the pitch It's interesting to hear as well so you know having that knowledge then maybe it didn't surprise you the standard you were you were stepping into because you, you know having done work with you know Irish media outlets some people have a view that the Irish League maybe isn't as good as what certainly I believe it is no, definitely. I think it's it's probably in the best place I've seen it in a long time. I don't know if that's fair for me to say, but the standards is definitely increased. There's more full time teams. I believe that the attendances are up when when obviously they're allowed back in, mm-hmm. and there's that many teams that aren't really that far far off each other. We've already seen that in the start of this season that there's going to be teams taking points off everyone this year. And that's you know, testament to itself, the squads that each club has assembled, you know, and that, that's why I was, I was happy to join Linfield with it. I think the, the Irish League is in its strongest position, it has been in a long time. Before we talk about Cliftonville, which is uh, happening later on, I'm sure everybody looking forward to watching that, that game is live on BBC Two for people to enjoy. With the week that's in it, we should reflect first on the Big Two derby and uh, a nice way to introduce yourself to that, going to East Belfast and getting a win against Glen Torren. Yeah, it was it was absolutely brilliant. I really thoroughly enjoyed the game, the atmosphere, everything that came with it. You know, 
to me, you know, signing for Linfield when the fixtures came out, that was when I'm when I'm playing in time was the first fixture I looked for. It was meant to be second day of the season, but given international call ups it was changed and to finally play it was was uh, lived up to the hype really and obviously we came out on the right hand of the result which was even better. What was that atmosphere like? I was brilliant. It was probably better for myself because it was in the oval just because you're thrown straight into the melting pot and it's just look baptism of fire nearly. This is the big two derby and it's you know it's it's a well revered derby around football and it was really it was one that I really did relish in playing and and never obviously I've never played in the oval as well so it was nice to play in that which is our ground and you now everything that went with it. Do you, are you one of those people that struggles to sleep after a big nighttime game? I was before I had kids. <laughs> now that I have two young kids, I'm, I'm handy enough sleep after the game. <laughs> that is that is probably the best answer I've ever got to that question. Uh, there's so much truth in that. <laughs> oh dear. Um, are they going to be coming to games now? Are you, you going to get them kitted out in Linfield jerseys? I will. Well, I will. The the eldest is the three next month, so I'll oh, hopefully bring okay. her to a game. And then the the young lad, he's only five months, so he'll have a bit to go to get to a game yet, but plenty of time. So it'll be a matter of time just before I get uh, my daughter to a game. Whether she sits still for it is the is the other thing. Whether my wife will have to leave after twenty minutes because the child's bored. Uh, <laughs> these are just things we'll have to we'll have to come across. Tell you what, that's just given me a whole new appreciation for how busy your summer was. So <laughs> you've a newborn baby. You're looking at, you know, a big transfer and all the rest of it. That must have been some time in your life. It was, yeah, and it was, uh, you know, it was a part of a, a deciding factor. I come to Limfield as well, you know, two young kids traveling from Bangor to say an away game in Sligo is a, is a lot of time taken out of me. You know, with me day, people don't people. Who knew me wouldn't really see the extra hours that I'd miss uh, staying away from the kids or mother-in-law or father-in-law having to help me wife. So being around more for two young kids is just a, an added bonus for playing for Linfield as well. Looking at this game against Cliftonville, I mean, it's a, it's a massive match so early in the season and, you know, we all get carried away with big games no matter uh, when they come, you know, but uh, the pressure's always on when you're at a, a team like Linfield right from the get-go. It's a home match, but Cliftonville top of the table, five points ahead of you, though you do have a game in hand over them. Um, what's the preparation been like coming into this? Because you've, you've had no rest, you know, you've had the game at the weekend, then the big Tuesday derby match, and then back out again. Exactly, it's a kind of a preparation that's nearly put to the back burner. Obviously, we just with Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, three and six, six days is a, a, you know, a thankless ask. But preparation is as if we're playing Glentorn all over again because you know you prepare for every team the same. We we've noticed how well Cliff developed got off to the start of the season. You know, Paddy McLaughlin, a very good manager, has been playing a good brand of football and. I'm sure Cliftonville will be relishing the chance to come and come into Windsor and try and beat us, and you know it's down to us for that not to happen. After the the scoreless draw against Glenavon, how important was it to to get a, a response from your team? Because you know that was a second draw in a row, perish the thought, and you know some people might have been starting to write you off prematurely. Yeah, I know it was it was kind of the message out of the Glenavon game was trying not to get drawn into any negativity surrounding the results. You know, both teams going down to ten men kind of made the game so edgy. It was a uh, you know it was a good performance from Glenavon to keep us out where we didn't really create that much. But had we got bogged down in the result, you take that into Tuesday into a game of the magnitude of Glenavon Linfield, you could easily get turned over. And we the complete opposite of that. We arrived into the game heads held high and. We played very, very well and came away with a 3 0 win. So it's important to come off the back of the Glentorn win, take it into Cliftonville because, like you said, we're back in Windsor Park and to be a good crowd from both sides, I'd imagine, under the floodlights, you know, has the makings for a great game that's televised as well. So it's a, like, like to come taking fast. It's another Belfast derby and be another one to relish. And given the start Cliftonville has had, to you, you know it won't be an easy game and they've got a wee bit more rest in their system I suppose you can't really think about any of those things as a player you just have to go out and do your job No I'm sure like like myself the lads have been doing this these sort of schedules you know they had a lot of midweek games last year coming taking fast the same as myself in the in the League of Ireland you know you, you just kind of sometimes these 
these weeks are better than just training weeks, you know, because you're just bouncing from one game to the other and you're almost in autopilot mode. You just adapt to each game, so sometimes you can work out better. And just a, a final thing in your old club, um, you know, it's been a difficult time for Dundalk and there's been lots of, you know, speculation about players and, and things like that. Obviously, we know McElhaney and Duffy are going back to Derry City. It seems that everyone likes to write about Pat Hoobin every now and again. Now, I know he's a very good striker. Are you going to be Agent Shields here and be trying to tempt him over the border? I can do my best. I say, oh, Pat's a good friend of mine. We've known each other for a long, long time. You know, I do my best to tempt him to Linfield. And that's what David wanted me to do. But Pat being a West of Ireland man, and I know he has a, he has a daughter in the West of Ireland as well. So these all these things come into factor. And I'm, I'm sure he'll be not short of offers of, because of how good a player he is and how well he's actually playing at the minute. Never seems to be not playing well. A, a definite goal scorer. Do, do you think he'll stay there? It just, it's 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 just a, a strange time for Dundalk, really. I'm not used to seeing them in that part of the table. No, for years we were well organised and we had offers on the table for players. You you very rarely see a player wind down their contract at the dock, and for whatever reason, that seems to be the way it's going at the minute. Everyone's wind down, coming near the end of their contract. I think Dundalk have three players contracted for next year and everything else. I don't know, not having, not being in the club anymore, I don't know whether they talk to any squad members, I wouldn't ask, but it's a, it's a difficult one at the minute for everyone involved. Imagine, like, myself, Patrick, and now Michael, two boys going home and myself moving on. It'll be a, a small bit of a rebuild for whoever's manager, whether it's Vinny or whoever, it'd be a bit of a rebuild, I'd imagine. Certainly would be if uh, Pat Hoobin does decide to move on. They'll be a very lucky club whoever gets them. So I guess it's just a case of watch this space. Yes, I'm sure it is for Pat. Well, it's been great talking to you. Uh, best of luck for the game later on. And uh, thanks for coming on to the score, Chris Shields. No, no, thank you, Michael. The Score with Michael Clark. It is time to bring another guest on to the programme. And uh, boy, what a game he was involved in on Tuesday night. Balamini United edging out Dungannon Swifts in a seven-goal thriller. He scored in it as well. Chris Rogers, how are you? Not so bad, Michael. Thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you. Uh, always nice to get up and running with a, a goal uh, for your club. Uh, you've returned to Balamini United. You were there before. But uh, before we talk about your goal-scoring contributions, uh, what a game. <laughs> like, what on earth was happening there? Oh, Michael, it was... It was a it was a mad mad night. Um, obviously there was a lot of pressure on us before the game to go out and deliver a result. Uh, we, ha- we haven't won yet this season, so it's very important to go out and get your first one of the season. And you know, as you know, the longer the longer it goes on without a win, the more difficult it becomes. You start looking at games, thinking when's the win going to come. Um, but it was we needed a big reaction after Saturday. Saturday against. Rain was poor to be honest. It was we didn't lay a glove on them. We had plenty of possession, but we never really troubled their goalkeeper or, or laid a glove on Corey. And to be honest, so it was we were looking a big reaction on Tuesday night. Obviously, first half we didn't get it. Um, there was instructions carried out and uh, was asked to be carried out. And we the players we didn't really look ourselves first half to be honest. Maybe it's a way of. Things have been going. The pressure was on. I don't know, but it just Bengalan were very, very good. To be fair to them, and but second half we discussed things at half time, and David made a couple of subtle wee changes, and we looked a lot more comfortable second half. And it was it was just a mad night, to be honest. But it was it was great to be on the end of the three points. That's such a big thing in football, isn't it? Confidence. When things aren't going your way, it just feels like everything doesn't go your way and you need to try and find a way out of that. So when you're you know, heading down the tunnel at halftime, 2-0 down against Dungannon at home, your fans are far from pleased. You could easily just not turn up for that second half. So that team talk must have been a big one. Yeah, Um. well, yes, it was. David had obviously... Words with us, he didn't go absolutely mad, which people would probably expect. But um, he had words with us and told us and no, laid it on the line to us in no uncertain terms. But the players were speaking amongst themselves. The players knew, players knew themselves. We, we hadn't done ourselves justice, or we hadn't backed each other up in the first half. Um, 
the the team as the squad in that change room is, is very much together. To be honest, you know, whenever you reflect so far, the opening day of the season against Warren Point, we, we were in so much control of the game. Take up nothing away from Warren Point. Obviously, football is a results business, and they got the three points, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. But that game, we were so much in control first half, and we went in level half time when we really should have been two to three goals to the good. And obviously you're up against it second half when one minute into the second half we're down to 10 men and they get a penalty. But we weren't too disappointed with our performance that day. It was just the result. And then obviously you go to Glentorn. We know what that is nowadays. It's going to be a difficult game. And the longer the it goes on without the win, then it does become more difficult. And we put ourselves in the back foot by that opening day result. But Glenavon, we thought, you know, opening against Glenavon, the way we equalised in the last minute, that it would maybe kick us on. It didn't materialise against Coleraine. Uh, but Tuesday night, at half-time, we were, make no mistake about it, I don't think anybody would have thought we were, we were going to come back. But that took serious character uh, to come back in that second half. And hopefully now that just gives us a wee bit of momentum and confidence to go on now and kick on. And If we can go and get another result against Carrick on Saturday, obviously it'll be, it won't be easy. Um the way the league has gone uh, nowadays, it's, it's not like it was maybe a few years ago whenever you looked at fixtures and thought, well, that should be a banker. Um, there's no easy games now. Obviously, any player, any team can have an off day on any given day, but there's the, the way the league has gone, there, there's no easy games. And Carrick has obviously started well to their, to their credit and it'll be a difficult game. Uh, I know when I played for Carrick, no, no, one ever, no one ever fancied coming to Carrick. For a game that I'm sure it still remains, so I know how difficult it is uh, going there to try and get three points. And I just hope that uh, we can kick on from Tuesday night and go and get another three points. And all of a sudden, you get back to back wins and it starts to look a wee bit more up. How important for you was that spell at Carrick Rangers those couple of years in, in terms of your own development? Now, I know obviously you had an injury in, in amongst that, but um, it, it seems like overall it was a good period. Yeah, well, I've had, I've had a lot of good. Obviously, as you said before, I've uh, been at, started up my career at Ballymena, and I had to go, you know, go away to almost mature as a player and become a better player, and and work very hard. And and sometimes people people have perceptions, and it's hard to change people's perceptions. But you know, people don't see how hard hard you work because you know they support their club, and they don't really they don't really maybe follow you or, or see you as much as what they, they think they do because obviously you're away playing for an other club. Uh, I've worked very hard over the years to come back. Obviously, as you just said there, I missed the whole season when the time I'd done my cruciate and needed an operation. So I come back from that as well. And Carrick was a wonderful time. Great club, great people. They were very, very good to me. Obviously, Niall uh, was great to me. I had uh, two personal friends who just happened to be in the coaching staff, Cliffy and Mike, and obviously that made it easier. But uh, the club, there's good people at the club, and it was it was a wonderful time. I think people for, forget. Obviously, last season was a struggle, and but I think people for, seem to forget that two years ago we got promotion. Whenever Niall came in, and only had three players in the books, and then within a year and a half, you're finishing eighth in the league, which is Carrick Rangers' highest ever finish. Correct me if, if I'm wrong, but. Uh, no, it was a very good time at the club I had and enjoyed it and obviously my hard work was paid off when, when David came in for me and wanted to sign me. So uh, it was it was a hard, a very hard decision to leave Carrick and there probably wouldn't have been too many clubs, People, I know people will say this, he's, but there wouldn't have been too many clubs, honestly, that I would have left Carrick for to go back to other than the fact it was Ballymena game calling. So... Um, I just felt it was a, a reward for my hard work, and hopefully I can I continue on. If I think I've started writing well, I've done plenty well so far, and I'm enjoying it at Ballymena. There's obviously a lot, a lot of improving to do as a as a unit and as a squad, and hopefully we can kick on, as I said. But no, um, results aside, so far, obviously the more you you win, the more you enjoy it. But I'm I'm loving my time at Ballymena. I really am. David has been great with me, the players have been great with me and I've just fed it back in uh, really, really well. Well, it won't be just you feeling like a reunion here on Saturday. David obviously liked what he saw with a few of the Carrick players last season because he was uh, he was uh, busy approaching one or two, obviously Caelan Locker and Lee Chapman um, there with you and Caelan on the score sheet 
as well in that victory on Tuesday. So uh, Carrick Rangers know uh, some of the faces coming back to play against them now. Yep, they do. <laughs> uh, obviously, there's myself, Keelan, Lee Chapman. So, no, it'll be, it'll be something for us to look forward to. But it's it's a new dawn now and we're, we, need to, we know we, we need to improve. And we need to go down and get the three points on Saturday to carry on from what we what happened on Tuesday night. Obviously, we need to be, stop conceding goals and uh, as as a team, and continue try and continue on to kick up the table. Where where this space at Ballymena really should be, to be honest. So uh, we're going down there on Saturday to get three points. It'll be nice to see a few faces. Yeah, three points. You said about hard work, um, and you know sometimes maybe people from the outside don't necessarily see how much hard work goes in um what do you mean by that what sort of you know efforts do players put in sometimes that maybe do go unnoticed by supporters well Michael, obviously I, you've mentioned before about uh my injury i suffered an injury at lauren at the time and i actually came back the rehab was it was a, a difficult blow you know to, to miss a whole season your football is a short career but the rehab i done my rehab, you know, to the best of my ability and I, I wasn't going to leave any stone unturned and I come back and get play of the year the next the next season. Uh, and then I moved to Carrick and obviously having good people around you, you know, I was I enjoyed my football at Carrick. I really did. It was the best that I enjoyed my time in football since I began. Uh, I had really good people around me who supported me and obviously... They give me a lot of love, but they give me, you know, they they give me uh, their instructions, and whenever I wasn't doing it, or vice versa. So I, I knew I had a really good su- support network around me at Carrick, and I think there's a lot to be said for that in football. Whenever you're enjoying uh, yourself and good people around you, you know, you, you go out onto the pitch with confidence, and it helps your game. Um, with me and my job as a, as a personal trainer, it's it's easy for me to to train and look after myself it's a big part of what I do and I really do look after myself and be fit I want to play for as long as I can or as long as I can at the top level anyway so it's people as I say people only really see you whenever you're playing against their club and etc and they don't realise the hard work that players do behind the scenes even at this level at the end of the day we're playing at the highest level in football in this country and it's got more professional over the years and People are looking after themselves, not like when I first came through, whenever I remember certain players, but, you know, people really take take care now and they know they need to be on their game, especially whenever you're coming up against the likes of full-time outfits like Larne and Glentorne and Linfield. You know, you need to give yourself a chance. And it's, it's easy for me to, because to, the way my work life is, it's, it's part of my life to, to be fit and look after myself and be healthy. So it's, and then work in the game, so. It's it's hard, hard hard work like that behind the scenes that people maybe don't see, but it's I, I believe it's helped me get to where I am today, and it's back back to Balamina. So it's interesting with your perspective on that because obviously as a personal trainer, you know, you know what sort of condition people can get to if they you know put their minds to it and um, you know eat right, train right, all the rest of it. It wasn't always like that in the Irish League, and we can kind of joke about it now, but that transformation has seen the levels improve in the league. So I'm wondering now, are, you know, instead of teammates sort of scoffing, going, oh, he's way down the gym again, are they starting to go, uh, here, Chris, tell us this, what should I be making for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, the players, obviously, nowadays, you know, you pre-season and the GPS vests are out and all the stats are taken and all the coaches have, you know, everything taken care of. Can, can come to you and, and say if you're, you know, what your workload is, and etc. And keep an eye on you away from football as well. It's you no know, players are there's Lee, myself obviously and likes of Leroy there. I think Leroy's never out of the gym. Obviously, you can do too much, but you know we all know our own bodies and know how to look after ourselves now. And I think people have done a wee bit more research and just over the years the league has improved and I think it helps standards and. It's, I, I just think it's an important part, you know, that side of it. Obviously, I think people can maybe look too much into it as well, but um, no, it's definitely a very important part. And it wasn't only from my experience now, I'm not saying 
people, players of past ages weren't didn't look after themselves or weren't committed or weren't professional. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just in my experience in being in change rooms, I just know it's it's went up a level, a lot of levels in terms of how players look after themselves and the way the way things are done. So it's 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 very important. I 100% agree with you. I was uh, saying this to someone recently. I remember a game towards the end of last season down at Stangmore Park and there was a couple of lads, some of those Dungannon boys, you know, 17, 18 years of age and the physique of them, the, the physique of men and I'm going, what happened to we scrawny kids playing in the Irish League? That doesn't <laughs> happen anymore. No, uh, people, uh, the strength and conditioning side of it is is obviously Dungannon or I'd say Dean Shields has come in there and probably looks at all avenues. He's, he's got the experience of his dad to to go on, you know, Kenny's been there across professional football, so boys like that know how it's done. They probably they probably trying to, to implement it in their their own teams, and it's probably goes like that across the board in the Irish league. Uh, obviously teams training full time, you know. I would say it's not always on the. I would say they're not always on the pitch full time. They're doing different components here and there, and working on things, and that's where it's up to the rest of us to keep up. And some of us obviously training two nights a week. It's up to the rest of us. To go and do our own and make sure we're we're ready and to be as competitive as we can on a Saturday. It sounds like you're looking forward to a bit of a, re- a reunion with some people at Carrick. Obviously, during the ninety minutes, you'll be out to beat them, and you know no one would expect anything less. But just sort of looking ahead at some goals for the season, still in the League Cup, you know, is is cup success something that's on Balamina's radar? The last couple of years, they'll feel mightily unfortunate that they haven't had uh, some more silverware to add to their their collection. I think it has to be. Um, Ballamy, I said it when I first signed, and Ballamini United are as a club that should be aiming for as high as they can because because of ever you know the size of the club. People maybe disagree with me and say, "Well, they've underachieved or whatever." But the size of the club should be aiming to to be competing as high as they can. Uh, the target at the top, at the start of the season was top six, and obviously we've put ourselves in the back foot. Uh, it's still early, still very, very early days in the season. Um, there's only well, we've played five games, so of a 38 league game season, so we're still still plenty of games left. So there's still time to kick up that table, and another one on Saturday will go a long way towards that. But we know we need to improve and. And I'm sure we will. The boy, there's plenty of ability in that changing room, and I've every faith but we'll get it right. See, that's but, an, um, that's an experienced head answering that as well, because you're right. It is so early in the season, and all of us can get carried away after a couple of results. Absolutely. Um, as you said the other night, at half time, you know, it wasn't it wasn't nice coming off, but um, people people have every. I suppose people have every right to pay their money, is that what they say? So people have every right to, to say what they want to say. And to be honest, I, I don't pay any attention towards that stuff. You know, you, it's still early days. Uh, same way people get carried away when teams start well. Same way people don't start well. You know, they can get carried away the other way. There's there's, there's five games gone in a, in a long season. And there's plenty of time left, plenty of games left to, to get results. And... Hopefully, obviously, you, you talked about the Cups as well. well I, mean, I, have, I have a really good record in, in Cups, or maybe not winning them, but they've, they've got to quite a few finals recently. So uh, hopefully we can get a wee Cup run. I think we play Crusaders in the League Cup, which obviously is going to be a very difficult game. But, you know, the, the longer you're in it, the more chance you have of winning it. So obviously the Count Nantan Shield draws to come. But as long as you're in the Cups, you can win them. So we'll be aiming to will be able to challenge to try and win a trophy. And that's, uh, that's another reason why I was looking forward to coming. Obviously, there's a, an emotional attachment to me coming back to Balamina, of course. There's no taking away from that, being a local boy. But um, the chance to come back and work under David Jeffrey and, and maybe add another trophy to me. I've got a Count Anton Shield medal in the, the house there from the previous time at Balamina. So the chance to add to another medal would, would, would be great. Well, you're certainly working with the right man when it comes to, uh, you know, winning medals. He's got one or two himself to to understate it massively. <laughs> he does all right, but no, that was a big draw. From the minute I, I spoke to him, as 
said in an interview at the start of the season that whenever you're you're growing up in the Irish League, when I was coming through, it was probably David Jeffrey. People talked about you know, imagine playing for him. You'd run through a brick wall for him, and he was the manager at the time at Linfield, doing this, uh, having the success. So, um, I might be thirty now, but I class myself as a young thirty. So, <laughs> uh, I'm finally have an opportunity to work with David in my career and it's a privilege to be honest and he's been he's been great to me so far and I just hope I can continue to repay him with with good performances and hopefully we can maybe win a trophy or, or finish as high up in the league as we can. You keep yourself in good nick and you could be playing for years to come yet and you'll be able to say, see I told you, young thirty <laughs> Well, that's, that's the plan. As long as I'm injury-free and as long as uh, David Jeffrey tells me I'm good enough to play, uh, I'll, I'll play for as long as I can. Yeah, fans will be glad to hear that. Chris, really good talking to you. <laughs> Thank you for coming some, on to the score. Some, some, of the, some of them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they will be happy. Don't worry about that. Uh, Chris, thanks for coming on to the show. Cheers. Thank you very much for having me, Michael. Appreciate it. The Score with Michael Clark. Balamina United defender Chris Rogers gearing up to take on his old team Carrick Rangers along with Loughran and Chapman lining up against uh, their old side too Jim Irvin facing Balamina United. How strange will that be to see? He's done brilliantly with Carrick Rangers Stuart King. Uh, certainly has picked his signings well hasn't he? Balamina United looking up at Carrick Rangers for the time being at least will that change? Certainly the history books would suggest that it should do, but um, what way will it pan out this weekend? It'll be one to uh, cast an eye on, won't it? That game taking place at the Lockshore Hotel Arena in Carrickfergus. Now, time for our final guest. He is Dungannon Swift's manager, Dean Shields, and I was talking to him last night. This is what happened when we caught up. The Score with Michael Clark. Dean, good to have you on the programme. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good to be on. It's good to talk to you, certainly, and I'm sure you're a happy man after last weekend's result. It's always good to get your first win on the board, and you managed that in some fashion at Shamrock Park. Yeah, obviously, um, it's always good to get off the mark, and we we had been unfortunate in the in the previous games, and it just clicked um, against Portadown, and and could have been a lot more, really, you know, and we, we're just delighted to get that first win on the board. There's always so much, I guess, pressure on managers. You've been in the job a little while now. How have you found it, and, and, and do you think that, you know, you, you've been able to get your stamp on the club? Yeah, well, I, I think when I came into the club, it was in a, a, a complete and utter mess, if I'm being honest. Um, the place needed change from top to bottom regarding the first team. Um, Dungannon's always had a really good youth system and um, the first team struggled for a while so it, it was a case of last season coming in and trying to identify what needed strengthened and what needed um, moved on and what needed um, repaired and, and maybe put back together and it's we, we're still a new team you know there was 15 left and maybe 8 or 9 came in so it's still rel- relatively early in the season for us to gel but um I'm happy with how we're playing. Um, I'm happy with the amount of goals we're scoring. Um, defensively, we need to be better at defending our own box. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of positives to take out of the opening part of the season. Well, this is it. You know, quite often people say if you're not in the top half of the table, it can be very hard to score goals. Uh, what's the secret to getting this team firing? Because you just look at the last two games and you you've put seven away. Yeah. Um, we work a lot on uh, movements and patterns and um, how we can hurt teams and, and we spend as much time as we're together on it. Um, we, we've got we've got a system where we try and hurt teams and we, we be brave and we try and um, get on the ball and, and take the ball under pressure and, and and go go toe-to-toe with teams. And a lot of the time, the teams of, of players on a lot bigger wages, they're, they're a lot uh, more established, a lot more experienced, but... It's a challenge that we feel that we're, we're good enough to, to do, and um, we want to play positive football. We want to, we don't want to sit back in and and lose one 0 and and come away um, 
not having a go and we'll always have a go we'll always play good football and um, that's the style that, that the players are believing in now as well How important was it for you to get a couple of experienced heads in and the likes of James Knowles and Keith Cowan who have played you know, hundreds of matches each in their career to, to compliment the young players because you have a lot of young players Yeah, obviously um, you need that little bit of know-how of, of seeing out games of 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 experience of people that's been there. Um, sometimes the youth we have is a benefit for us regarding they're fearless. Um, they don't care who they're playing against. They'll, they'll go and they'll be brave. Uh, the other side of it is, as you say, we need a wee bit of of that know-how to to get us over the lines in certain situations, and and it's invaluable to have that. Um, we probably need to add more of that um, in the next window and in the following window, but. Um, we, we, we can't change things in one window. It's impossible. So it, we're building here for, for longer term. But um, no, I'm, I'm reasonably happy about where we are. You've always been you know, very upfront about you know, it's a big job and you've not shied away from that and you've, you've not been afraid to make big decisions either. What would you say has been the biggest uh, lesson that you've learned in you know, this early chapter in your managerial career? I think you can... You can what we try and do is we try and cover all the small details and we try and um, um, prepare the players as best we can with, with lots of information and, and lots of scenarios that might occur in the game. And then um, you work. I think we put all the work in during the week and then maybe you get done with a, with a, a set piece at the end or something just doesn't go your way. And I think it's a learning curve regarding sometimes you can't control the outcome and, and we can prepare as best we can but um, we, we have to um, try and cover everything but in the end it's the players that have to take responsibility and it's the players that have to to um, manage the game and, and play what they see and that, that part of it has is, is, is been huge for me regarding trying to give them as much information as we can but then when they're out there they have to take responsibility and maybe play with the freedom that that we're allowing them as well. So it's just getting that balance regarding how much we give them and then and 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 how much they, they take on board and how much they, they take into it themselves and, and then use their own initiative, use their own own football brains to make the right decisions, you know. Now I know you'll never dwell on a result, but Tuesday must have been a bit of a kick in the teeth. You know, you're two 0 up at half time, they score early in the second half, but you respond with another goal. You think at three one you should have enough to get the job done, but somehow you come away with nothing. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's probably the lowest I've felt since I came to Dungan and that result. Um, again, at quarter down, we should have went in four or five nil up. We went in two one down. We gave away a, a soft penalty right before the half, so we're in two one. Two nil up at half time against Balamina. Again, should have been five six. We missed too many chances to go three nil up and. Um, there was always going to be a reaction from Balamina in the second half and uh, as you say we went 3-1 up and um, individual errors cost us on the on the night and it was it's just it was hard to accept that one to be honest The good thing about the Irish League is you don't have too long to lament there's always another game around the corner and it's, a, it's certainly another challenging one this weekend Yeah obviously every game for us is, is difficult um, there's no easy games for Dungannon and uh, Lauren is, is 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 flying at the moment. They're I think they're second in the league and they're going really well. So it's another challenge. It's a different type of challenge than than Balamina threw at us. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, one player that uh, certainly you know Dungannon fans I'm sure will be hoping to see soon is Aaron Canning. Have you any idea when he might make his debut? Yeah, I'm hopeful for Saturday. Um, again, um, I'm traveling to training now. It's Thursday night, so. Uh, uh, if he comes through tonight's session, then I'm hopeful that um, we we might get him involved on Saturday, yes. So it's just been a nursing process there to make sure he's ready before you throw him in? Yeah, there's been a back issue. He hurt his back at work, um, welding. So um, it's been a frustrating one for me and, and for, for the staff and the other players that he hasn't managed to get in yet. But um, we've got loads of the season left and he can, he can be a big help to us. Certainly looks like a player that could be a huge a, a huge addition to your squad if you're able to uh, get him in and get him fit. I just wanted to ask you about the women's team because, my goodness, who doesn't want to talk about the women's team at the moment? What an incredible time for all of you. 
yeah, it's been fantastic, obviously, since the since the qualifying for the Euros and then the momentum we've got gathered from that. Um, and then the, the we've we've carried that into the the World Cup qualifying, and um, there's ju- there's just a great feel good factor. Um, the girls deserve every every credit that they get. Um, and hopefully now people are starting to show more interest in 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 the women's game in this country. And and it's been a long time coming that there's there's people like Marissa Callahan there that's that's battled through for years without really any any praise any recognition and. And people like her deserve it, you know. And um, I'm delighted for the girls that they're now starting to get people that's paying money to come see them, and they're getting live TV games in the league, and they're really um, they're really gathering momentum and support, which which is thoroughly deserved. And I'm delighted for them. And I know the players speak so so highly of you know the coach and staff, which obviously includes your dad as the as the manager. Just how proud are you of him and and for what he's been able to do? Because I know you you know growing up and watching your dad be successful, you know and that's just normal life as I suppose as a member of the Shields family. Uh, no one in my family is a famous footballer or a football manager, so I'm not quite aware of the emotions that you go through. But I imagine um, you know you're so proud to to see the success that he's been able to have here. No, it's it's been a phenomenal achievement. I don't think there's been um, I don't think there's been a bigger achievement in in Northern Ireland's history regarding management. It it, it out out um, classes anything that's been achieved. Um, and I'm sure the recognition he will get um, will come further down the line. But I don't think people realise what we inherited uh, when my dad came in. Um, the girls were so vulnerable. They lacked confidence. They had no self-belief. They had they had no structure. They had no style of play. It was just kick the ball up the pitch and defend the edge of the box and let's try and keep the score down. So we've tried. Well, my father has to take all the credit for for going to play from where it is now to what he inherited. It's just phenomenal. Um, regarding the style of play, um, eight wins in a row in qualifying. Um, the amount of goals that the girls are scoring, the amount of um, the amount of happiness and joy you see that the girls are getting out of playing, they're enjoying, they're loving every minute of it, and the spirit that's being created is all down to him. And and the togetherness within that group is pr- it's probably as strong a togetherness that I've seen in football that, that those girls have gathered, and, and and it's all due to to him and and what he's instilled in them, and and what belief he's given them. To be honest. There's lots of people, I'm sure, listening to you say this, Dean, and, and thinking, what's the secret to working with your father? And I don't mean specifically your dad as Kenny Shields, but anyone working with their dad, because I love my dad, but I think if we worked together, we'd kill each other. No, so I think, um, it, first of all, you need to sort of believe in, in, if it's a sport that you're working with a man, then I think, first and foremost, the two of have to believe in, the way you want to do things and I think if we're on the same page in that there's always going to be little bits of maybe disagreements about this or this and and it's, it's, that's only normal for any coach and any manager but um, at the end of the day he picks the team um, I'd be very hands on with the, with the training sessions and um, he's got a specific style of playing that, that we both fully believe in and um, I think it just works um, we're a very tight knit staff with um, Dwayne Nelson, Gary Boyd, we've got Tony Barnett, the physio, William, the doctor. Um, we're very much, Damien, the, the analyst, we're very much together um, as one. And um, I think that element of trust regarding we trust each other to do their job. And and there's a, there's a great togetherness within the staff and, and within the, the team. And, and I think without being together, you're never going to be successful. And, and regarding the results, obviously health matters. And I think it's just about believing in the process. And we trusted the process. And now we're seeing the process um, blossom with the results. Did you ever think there would be a feeling quite like what you had as a player? You know, now as a part of the coaching panel there and as a manager, because it's, you know, you always hear people after they finish, you know, their playing career say there's nothing quite like it. And I'm sure there isn't. But uh, you've had some some brilliant highs with that women's team. Yeah, of course. No, it's been it's been a great experience for me. Uh, obviously, not not long finished playing, and um, it was a good opportunity to work with with women and girls that are 
so determined and I've got great um, attitude to do well and improve and um, they're, they're such a pleasure to work with. Again, they're receptive, very much receptive of what you ask them to do and they take out information probably better than men, if I'm being honest, or, or every bit is good. They understand the game and and they're, they're, they're so willing to learn and and to um, be successful, and they're 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 so good to work with. And just finally, you know, domestically, Glentorna, the the women's premiership champions, retaining their title after just a fantastic game against Cliftonville, a nail biter, and um, a pitch littered with international footballers. It's great to see so many international footballers in the the local league here, and that can only help encourage you know supporters and more people to get down and watch. But what do you think's the next step for us to, to to kind of grow things further? Is it getting more people across the water, or is it strengthening the league first? I think if we can strengthen what we have here, I think then we we can roll out a better product. Um, I think that the people are doing great work regarding trying to. Strength the league. I think obviously the league needs more teams than what than what's currently in it. Um, it's great to see that there's there's an actual like Cliftonville and Crusaders and um, like Glentor and um, Lumpkins maybe lost a few due to injuries and, and, and other reasons. But um, it's it's good to have them spread out over the league regarding it sort of um, balances the league rather than having them all play for for one team. Um, Although Glentoran obviously have the majority and have the, the probably the best players to choose from, um, but I was really impressed with Cliftonville's desire last night. They they showed a great attitude to try and push them and push them. And and to be fair, two two it could have went either way, and and it was a great advertisement for for the women's game in this country. And um, I, I think that the, the league can only go from strength to strength. Um, regarding the individual players, I think if, if the move's right um, and they go to the right clubs, we've had players that's maybe went to the wrong team or the wrong coach and it's not working out currently or it's not, um, it's not um, they've came back or, or for, for whatever reasons. But I think if it's right, then full-time football for, for the girls is, is a great move for them, you know, and uh, we always encourage them, and, and Rebecca McKenna's done well to get a move there to England, and she's deserved that and worked hard, and and now she's a full-time footballer, which is which is fantastic for for us and for her. Yeah, very well said, and a really really interesting uh, insight into um, you know just how much further we might be able to grow in the coming years. But for now, uh, pleasure talking to you, Dean. Thanks very much for uh, coming Thanks, on to the show. No, no problem, no problem. I'll see you soon. The Score with Michael Clark. So there you go, the thoughts of the Dungannon Swifts manager, Dean Shields, and um, really fascinating stuff on the Northern Ireland women's team too, riding on the crest of a wave and a big game at Wembley coming up. We'll be talking more about that closer to the time. Uh, if in case you're wondering why not so much reaction today on the Northern Ireland senior team lineup and all the rest of it well the game's happening next weekend so we'll do more of a build-up next week uh, so you have that to look forward to on the program we'll give you our thoughts ahead of the match against switzerland and there'll be some reaction from inside the camp if we can get it ahead of them uh, just a reminder the match is taking place this weekend friday night's game is linfield against cliftonville at windsor park huge match the champions against the current league leaders on Saturday, Carrick Rangers versus Ballymena United. That's at Carrick. Dungannon Swifts, as you've just heard, are at home against Larne. Glenavon welcome Glentoran to Mournview Park. I'll be at that one. Looking forward to it as well. Can Glentoran bounce back after two bruising defeats? Beaten 3-0 against Crusaders. And they'd played well for a few minutes at the start of the game. Conceded early. And then Crusaders just went about their game plan and Glentoran did not respond like you might have expected them to. A disappointing day at the office, made even worse by Tuesday night. Some supporters, as I'm sure you've seen the videos online, are furious at the moment. They will be demanding a response. Will they get it against Glenavon? Glenavon, who held Linfield last weekend and then were narrowly beaten by a really good Andy Mitchell goal when they met up against Lorne. And the other game happening... On Saturday at Milltown, it is Warren Point Town against Portadown. And who will fancy their chances more in that one? Portadown, the only side in the league without a win to date. They've played six games, as have Warren Point Town. 
point have three, whilst Portadown only have one point. So Portadown will not want to be cut further adrift there. It's, as we've said plenty of times in the programme, it's an early stage of the season. There's no real need for the hyperbole, but still, let's be honest about it too. If you're ported down and you get a win and you move above Warren Point and you move off the base of the table, you start to feel a bit more relaxed about things. But if you start to see all the teams done and around you picking up wins, that mightn't be the feeling. So time will tell how that one goes. We'll be picking up on that next week as well. That's a match, certainly, of interest. We're out of time. Guys, how have we done it? We've done it again. Thank you for your company to the two Chris's and to Dean. All that remains to be said from me is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye bye.